For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Why, hello and a howdy. We're so very glad to see you because we're getting kind of rowdy and we've got a lot to say. And we're going to try and do our very best to entertain you and we hope you'll be delighted by the time you go away. That's pretty exciting, right, Omega? Indeed. Yeah, right. HIAC Talk Radio is always exciting. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. I think you broke it. Look what you made me do! And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Not wasting any time. We are all here. You can see us all. Craig is here. Lolo is back. The great and powerful Lolo. Um... I want to get this right off the bat, because last time you were here, Lolo, by the way, welcome back. Thanks for coming. I, I, thank you for taking hey, your time. I know it's been a busy evening for you, but thank you for taking the time out. I appreciate it. Um, so last time you were on, you told a little story about the end of the other company and the birth mm-hmm. of what was what we didn't know was the permanent birth of what is now Butch versus Gore. It's just adding to the whole thing. I love it. Um, it's a much better baby. Here's, this is what I wanted to ask you, and I know we're cool, but if if anything's out of line, you'll obviously tell me. Um, <clears throat> now you got all that off your chest, and everybody knows what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the next show is out of the way. Cassandra mm-hmm. Cup is done. It is out mm-hmm. there. Is it a is it a free is it is your mind clear now? Not that, not to excuse it off, but are you full steam ahead? There is, um, the way that I contextualize, like, the timeline and the kayfabe of the Grapital-based universe right now, you know, our particular wrestling universe, the gay one, um, the first Butch versus Gore show under the Primetime Pro banner was just the fucking first Butch's Gore show, you know? Like, it is... We, I mean, Primetime Pro was so much, so much fun, you know? We had, like, the best fucking times. We had a blast. But Butch versus Gore was a totally different feeling. We all acknowledge that, who were who were working at the time, you know? Um, you felt it. I felt it. Like, it was such a completely different vibe that, like, it's so it's so separate from, from all the bad shit. It's so separated from it because, I mean, man, for it to, like, gift us something that ended up trending nationally is i don't know i felt it was it was a really watching the premiere for the cassandra cup was just really like 
it was a lot. It was really emotional, you know? Um, it just, it really solidified what we were doing. Like I'd felt really discouraged for a long time because with, with COVID and the limitations of my job and also just kind of my personal code of ethics, um, I haven't really like had opportunities to go to, to go to the filmings and to be around wrestlers and wrestling people. I see my work people and I see my partner and that's it every day. You know, um, I've not seen anybody else. And it just like, it really reinvigorated something that I needed, which was motivation from like, even while being so, so, so fucking far away. So yeah, when I was supposed to go on last week before I disappeared into the woods and forgot to tell you, cause I, it was so funny. You asked me to go on the show. It's like, Oh yeah. Next week after work, like as if next week wasn't spring fucking break. Um, <laughs> Oh my God. No, I had, a, I had a really, really good opportunity to just like sit and really think about what my, my role is in, in the wrestling universe and um, how much I'm, I'm willing and able to take on and trying to be very realistic about that. And I, I, I feel really good about, I feel great about shit. Like uh, the relationship that Billy and I have is really special to me because I, we, we talk like, I don't know. We're, we're not on the phone with each other texting all the time. Like we really give each other a ton of space and just trust huh? that space and wrestling. I, I mean, I'm used to a working relationship that was like this, you know, and it was from waking up in the morning to going to bed, talking about what we needed to do all the time. It was a second job. It was a second full-time job. And like, I don't know. Billy and I just, um, we, we trust each, each other to, to get shit done. He's a, I, he's, he's the creative in in every artistic way, you know, I, I might be creative when it comes to like operation stuff, but it's, it's just such like a, such a good fucking match, man. And it can only get better. Like I, I definitely have a lot of, a lot of shit to work on still. Um, but I think that, I think that, that just the success that we had with, with this most recent show it had the biggest de- debut on IWTV ever. Like that was, and they like, man, they are the best. I'm drinking a LaCroix. I'm not even like drunk or anything. I just smoked, smoked a bowl. Yeah. I was going to say, that's not why you're so loving. <laughs> but, but but Jerry and who, who works so closely with us and the encouragement that's come from, from Dylan and the entire like Hales family, um, having that kind of, boost to what we're doing from people who are they're doing they're doing allyship by giving us a pretty massive platform and being the best sponsor slash collaborator collaborators we could ever ask for you know they, they put their money where their mouth is and um let us do our thing so it's it's great. I'm, I'm just, it's one of the few things going right in 2021. <laughs> you know, like it, it really, I'm just, I'm just very happy. I was going to say I, nothing did my, I couldn't watch it live. Um, I was trying to put something together, but everybody, you know, 20, the world's crazy. Um, yeah. But n- nothing made me happier wrestling wise than in the midst of all of this the last year and things that still go on to see that trend the night it was pre- uh, premiering and stay there 
for a while. For a while. It you felt know? like it felt like the first show did in such a tiny watered down way. Well, but I also had to remind myself that when we had our show at DC Brow, we were still live streaming. Like our some of our most ardent supporters are people who were not able to be there in person at the last show. So this was a really similar experience for them. And, and being able to feel that side of things after having done Butch versus Gore only IRL was um it was uh it was pretty sublime. It was great. I do I did want to uh just real quick a funny story to everybody who's watching. Um the reason why I knew Lola wasn't coming on the show last week is because they posted a picture. <laughs> this is well, I can't, I forget the wording, but it was akin to this is my spot away from everybody for the next week. And I immediately said out loud, Lola's not coming on the show this week. <laughs> hey, Lolo. <laughs> I got a getaway cabin for three days. And seriously, I just like went on brain sabbatical and turned up. I hate the like unplug, relax, unwind culture that that exists in like the hashtag self care shit. But um, yeah, I'm definitely someone who really needs to be alone with my thoughts in long stretches, and very, very, very rarely is, and that causes you know a lot of problems and in, in terms of like self improvement and shit. So it was great. Every now and yeah, then, you just gotta get away. Go ahead, Craig. I'm sad to get away. I play. It was just nice to like play my Nintendo Switch next to a fire. <laughs> okay. You know? Did you have uh, something? Oh, okay. Uh, no, I, I was I was going to comment on the product placement that Lolo showed. So, uh, congratulations on the sponsorship. <laughs> I wish. I was. I would, I would, I would sell my soul. I'd be like, I would be like in the getaway cabin, like wearing the t-shirt in an instant. If I could get some just fucking free, uh, GTFO time. How do you feel about, um, you and I know a lot of wrestling fans. My Philly accent came out so hard right there on such a sensitive question. So weird. Um, the adversity that um, Butch versus Gore or LGBTQ in general that has to still face in, in wrestling. Um, do you feel that this kind of legitimizes not the word because it exists too bad, but when pro wrestling illustrated and other people are mentioning, cause I saw PWI even mentioned the show on Twitter. They did a kind- story on us in the latest I was, in the latest issue. I was going to say now that you're in the yeah. magazine, do you feel that's helpful? You know, everybody talks about allies and being allies. Now that legit wrestling community people are like, this show is not full of shit. Mm-hmm. You must watch this. Does it help, especially where we were last year, right before lockdown to now? I say we, I wasn't there. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. Um, how does that feel now? Still a lot, still a long ways to go. Yeah, definitely a long ways to go. Sorry, I'm also like, I, I, I'm taking a lot of time to, to kind of process. <clears throat> okay, so the last Butch versus Gore was very like, we want to see at the table, damn it. Um, and that was important. That was very necessary. Uh, the, the idea of pushing back against oppression is very, very important for 
the motivations of a lot of queer people. And for that show and that time, that was the right tone to take. It was to be the like, we want representation and we are here. Um, I do not care about any of that stuff anymore. I am so far past it. I'm far more interested in being better than, than all the, all the dominant stuff right now. That's, that's what I'm interested in at, and not butch versus gore. I mean, all of the queer leaders in the industry. I just want to show that we do it a lot better. Um, that's it. Like I, that's, that's what the Cassandra cup was supposed to, to really get across in so many ways was like, this isn't just like rainbow flags and like corporate pride, you know, this isn't, this isn't like the pride that you're going to go to in like DC this year, you know, this is, um, I, there's a level of discomfort that I want to generate. So I think, we're doing a, I think we're doing a pretty good job if someone like, of course, like tagged Cornette, but yeah, it's, uh, I want to see queer people dominate the industry and you have to be the best to do that. And I would really like members of our community to be the best. That's so simple. <laughs> we know, did, did he reply or did he, did he smartly, did Jim let that one go? He let it go. Plus, like, there's like nothing for him to even like. If I put, if I got myself in the head of Jim, there's nothing for for him to work with. It was just, yeah, it was but I think Jim would appreciate that show. I, I know, I it know. Was, it was good. It was a good. It was a good show. wrestling show. There was rest that uh, there was good wrestling on the show. Period. I don't care if you're gay, straight, uh, a blob, a thin stick. I don't. I don't care. If the wrestling looks good and you're watching wrestling and there's other things going on around it, but the wrestling matches are still wrestling matches, I would think Jim be like, yeah, they're wrestling. Oh, I just punched my computer. Uh, yeah, they're wrestling. I don't care. <laughs> I think we just lost Lolo. No, I'm back. No, no, no we're back. <laughs> you know, I, I'm glad he didn't say anything. I, I was going to say when I saw the tag tweet and I'm like, if Jim saw any of that, Jim would be like, yeah, they're wrestling. What's the problem? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm glad that that bypassed. But yeah, it, it feels like an extremely different, like a radically different space to, to exist in, in my head. And, um, you know, that just comes from like the personal experience of being queer and trying to not be like the little engine that could anymore and really feel fucking comfortable with who we, who our community is and what we excel at. Is there still pushback from people who are like, well, where did Lolo come from? Came from Nova Pro as a ring announcer. Is there any of that anymore? I, I, no, I think you've, I think you've proven yourself. I mean, let's be honest. Like when I was, when I was the Nova Pro ring announcer, I had giant fucking titties. I was like at least 50 pounds heavier and had a completely different body and was presenting as like the most cis of all cis women at the time, you know? Um, so it's kind of, there are a lot of people who completely forget that oh, just like forgot. They're like, that was you. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like psycho shit. Right. Like, isn't that fucking weird? Even going back and watching the Butch versus Gore from 2019. Um, I like, I'm like, I don't even like look like that at all mm. anymore. You know, um, I look like a completely different person by this point. Um, so 
Yeah. Maybe it's just we're Twitter friends. I I don't see a difference. I mean, I see uh, evolving. I, um, and I also just like, I really shrunk my circle in wrestling because I felt like I, I, I really felt a real need and it was, it was because I was fucking closeted and hated myself and having a really bad time, but loving an industry when I first broke in, so to speak, where I felt the need to be friends with everybody. And it really wanted everybody to like me. And, you know, I've, I've chilled out over the last few months and I am not aware of, of many folks actively disliking me, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been like two years now, you know, come June, it'll have been two years and it's just a completely different space. Plus Primetime Pro did a pretty good job kind of erasing a lot of shit <laughs> for all the the trouble that happened at the end it did do a, a lot of good it things was a there. really good it was a really good reset button like a really solid one yeah i guess it's a good one i just want to read wheels just said i love how that photo of faye and effie won't die on twitter it's so good it's so iconic i love that picture i love i love wheels in it it was just like man every fucking person just seemed so free that day and it's been so great after the fact, seeing how many people, oh, it won't have been two years. Oh, yeah, it will have been. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm so stoned right now. Is it? Is it? I so thought it was last time. year. Wasn't it only last it was. year? I was, th- I, was I'm, I was. thinking about Butch versus Gore versus starting Primetime Pro. Oh, yeah, yeah, When yeah, I yeah, first okay. was the ring announcer for Nova Pro, you know? Actually, and I started ring announcing for Nova Pro, like, 18. it would have been two and a half years-ish. Um, oh. So... Yeah, I don't really know that bitch anymore, and neither does anybody else really. So it's become a real non-issue, and I'm really happy about that. Like, I I really hated the feeling of always having to prove myself, but that was a that was a, a struggle I was having in other departments in my life too, you know. So the last two, each other. the last two, I can't imagine trying to deal with the last two years on a personal level, on that side of things. I mean certain things well we've talked anyway um i smoke a lot and i just like i get really i have like my joke is that there's i i am a fan of like four things like i'm just a real fucking hater i hate most shit and i hate it aggressively and i like i wish i did it but i do (laughs) 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 like i so you know i have like my it's either Studio Ghibli or Breath of the Wild or fucking Undertale. And, like nothing else exists. I'm just a, like, I just exist in my little freak world and it's great. Um, so, it's yeah. me, but it's, I have like 10 things, but it's, it's only those really, 10 things. It's been a really tough, tough, tough year. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It'll have been a year come July, I guess. The Primetime Pro is over, over. And um <sighs> Yeah, it's not believe it, man. It just it feels like such a different space, though. So it needed to happen, and uh, if if you were there, you understand. Um, so I tried to get your partner in crime on. Um, we'll talk about that later. But I, uh, so it's hard for me to ask what's got. The pandemic is screwing everything up. Preface: We all know that. So my question is: Is do you have a plan? Do you guys have a plan on what needs to come next? Is there going to be another show before people are allowed to back in or are you going to wait now? Um, 
we have stuff coming up with Paris's bumping that's definitely like taking precedent. That's going to be another f- filming. I am taking over some of the the heavier duty operation stuff for our fall programming, which we are really hoping to run a show in Chicago. Um, and we are very much in the beginning stages, but there's a, it's pretty hard to tell what exactly everything's going to look like by that point, you know? So there's, there's a lot of ideas being noodled, but yeah, there's, there's stuff coming down the hatch. If I gotta be, if I gotta come out to Chicago to be the door guy, I'll do it. You know what? I would, I would be so happy to have you, man. That would be great. It's I, gonna be, it'll be fun. Where whenever, whenever everything gets gets hammered out, it'll be pretty good. I'm, I'm really lucky that I have the network that I do, where there's cool folks I can talk to out here and, and try to make this happen. I was about to say, what, what's the wrestling? You know. Post uh, pre-pandemic, what's the wrestling landscape out in Chicago anymore? I don't even know. Is progress still running? Um, <clears throat> not progress. Who was it out there? Freelance and yes, we have freelance. We have Zello Pro. There are so many companies just in the Chicago land area, and like so many cool lucha groups. I couldn't even like begin to to go down the list, but. Uh, freelance is the first one that comes to mind just because like Matt Nix is a, a real real mensch so he's been helping me out um, with figuring out some things out here and yeah I'm really just getting my really just starting to get my toes wet with um, exploring stuff in Chicago because with Primetime Pro I was so stubbornly we are in fucking DC like I was so stubborn about it you know and so this is a whole new a whole new thing well, I, I don't think you were stubborn about it, Lo. Um, a lot of companies can't do that. <laughs> no, it was a matter of like, I, I was just kind of like digging in my heels and not not actively refusing to engage with the Chicago scene, but just like, I just like didn't have the energy or the time, you know? My, my brain was in DC all the time and I, I just couldn't like, I, I couldn't do it right. So now's a, now's a new opportunity. How do I, how do I, how do I ask this question? Oh boy. Uh, Cause I'll go on my rant after your interview. Cause I don't want you to have to sit through that. Or you would like to, if you'd like, you can, if you like. Yeah. Um, can, uh, should we just burn indie wrestling down or is there a way to save it? I'll just um, ask it like that compartmentalize it honestly like when we talk about burning indie wrestling down one i don't think there's anybody who knows what that looks like what like what does that mean you know what i mean i don't even know i i really don't know but that's (laughs) but we all keep saying that and i'm like but what does that mean does everybody have to quit and like start all over again or something yeah how do you police that terrible word it just, but how do you it's, it, it's just something that is uh i don't know i'm trying to figure that that whole thing out for myself but um no i think that the, the way that i feel now is <clears throat> our queer wrestling community and progressive wrestling community and more artistically based wrestling community is um is really tight and is only growing and um you know like we're our own branch of 
indie wrestling. You know, I feel like the mainstream stuff is absolutely in its own space. So I really do like, sorry, I'm like burping. I don't know. I really do compart to, I, I compartmentalize a lot of stuff in the scene. And I just feel like we have our, at first it felt like a little corner, but I'm like, now we're, we're just on different continents and that's okay. That's, that's probably how things should be. Cause nobody has any really good solutions for anything and shrinking our circles down and not being such like a huge up each other's asses drama obsessed national scene would probably be really, really, really helpful and healing for a lot of people. I was about to say that, that as you were saying it, Keep one talking, of th- getting more soda. That's a, I, I was going to say that <laughs> one of the things, as you were saying it, uh, one of the things that popped in my head is that actually carving your own like corner instead of this constant on and on the last 40 years of just fighting over the territories and we got to go back to the territories and the territories this and the territories that we are our own we are our own universe we other are planet our own everything um, that's that's why most our of our ecosystem you know and there's there's a lot of shit to clean up in the ecosystem still but i think if anybody's going to be capable of doing it it's probably us listen i did appreciate the uh uh John Wayne Murdoch uh, telling the unnamed assailant what he was going to do if he came back into the room. I'm just saying. I'd say sometimes, I'm saying sometimes, just threatening his life is the way to go. You know, get get out of here. We talked about accountability and uh, um, being accepted back in. Um. Recently, a gentleman, that's a terrible word to use for this guy, Joey Ryan, fuckface. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, tried to insert, <laughs> Craig didn't like him either, but Craig was, Craig was the I'm over 50, fuck Joey Ryan thing. And then he, he was all, he, we were all on board. <laughs> um, tried to insert himself back in. And I think what I appreciated most about that, not Joey Ryan, was that everybody, not one per? well, the one person that tried to book him was defending it, but everybody, Pinky Sanchez, mm-hmm. friend of the show, everybody, that, that kind of thing that we really haven't seen before. And mm-hmm. I do think, even though I kind of, I didn't insult speaking out, but I kind of downplayed people reacting to speaking out where nobody really cared. Mm-hmm. But that kind of proved me wrong, where everybody was like, oh, fuck this guy. Get him out of here. And same thing with Teddy. Everybody was like, well, I'll I'll tell that story in a little while. (laughs) I'm not touching that. (laughs) You don't have to. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that after you. Um, So I guess the the final. um, I guess the final uh, comment or question would be. um, Is there anything you can tease us with or anything that, you know, that you can say that's coming up soon. No, I can't tell you anything that's coming up soon. What I do absolutely want to have on the radar is the, the Butch versus Gore model. Oh, we we're going to launch a Patreon, actually. That's not huge, but that's a way for us to make a little bit of income, hopefully, because like two queer people, we're, we're not exactly like rolling in, in wealth, you know? So, um, so it'd be really nice to, because a lot of people are like, oh, I'd buy a ticket if I could, but all we have is tapings right now, right? 
So that'll be a really good opportunity for people to participate more and for people who are investing larger amounts of money to have a little bit more of an, an active role in understanding like what's going on before other people do. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, I really like to, I'm, I'm treating I'm treating sponsors as angel investors, not as sponsors. A sponsor yeah. to me is very like, oh, here's your brand to promote the end. Um, whereas an investor is someone who wants to, who's, who really cares about the product and wants to see good things for it. And also like may or may not want a minimal amount of influence depending on, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it's so. Yeah, I I would really like to be working working much more closely that's with, a, with the people who want to work with us because that's how we run shows. We don't have we don't sell tickets. We have we ju- we don't have re- revenue other from other other than from the streaming viewings, which is not the same as as running a show at all. You know, um. So yeah, so that's that's exciting, but nothing in person yeah i really hammer out talking coming coming down the hatch but we there are so many so many promotions i would be so happy to to work with and work next to and have have a lot of fun with and um i have my like little list in my head of people i'd really like to, to that's, work with that's what i was wondering <laughs> i would really like to work with some of the folks in the South who are real influence on primetime pro like action. Um, and like the folks who run SCI. Um, oh, that's right. <clears throat> yeah. I feel like that community was just like really what the vision for primetime pro um, drew a lot of inspiration from, you know, and we worked with a lot of the same people. So yeah, I would, I would work with, with, some companies again in a much bigger way than just like sponsoring match. Kitty agrees. Do what you will with that, but we are. Oh we are, no. You know, there's, there's not a lot of folks. I'm not willing to at least have a conversation with. You brought up an interesting point, which kind of, you kind of blew my mind with is, you know, Craig and I debate weekly when kayfabe died about what year it was and who did it. And, and every time, every time we discussed it, it was like, well, no, that's actually when, and then it was, well, that's actually when, and now that the cat's out of the bag, the, the cat that's not going back in the bag, another kitty reference. Um, that's actually a brilliant idea that I don't know. I don't. Cause even at the WWE level, I assume it's like, it's a sponsor thing. Mm-hmm. You know, NBC is a different thing where the peacocks like, we're not airing this, but like commercial providers are like, you know, they got paying for paid advertisement is like, whatever. Mm-hmm. This is a wholly different partnership where you're like, if you're going to give us something, let us show you what we're actually doing. Mm-hmm. That's mind blowing in wrestling. Cause people keep that. Well, people want that cave that no, you know, but that's also a means of accountability too, because uh, we're not going to go take the money and spend it on fucking bullshit. You know, <laughs> um, it, it keeps us in, in check and, and eyes on the prize. So, um, you know, I don't, there are folks who help us who I, they, they don't exist. Who are they? I've never heard of them before and are just, um, I, I'd really like to, to make some of those folks happy and just bring on, bring on more to the crew. Cause Ooh, my cat just hit. I heard that. I was <laughs> like, Whoa, Miss Sassy. 
Mr. or Mr. What are we, what's the names? What are the names of the cats over there? Um, the gray one is Micah. Oh. And the tortoise shell is Kaylee. Um, they are very cute. But yeah, well, we're, oh my God, what were we talking about again? Uh, we're letting sponsors or people who uh, work hmm. with you actually know what's going on behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah. And just like, man, if you're going to just give us money to be creative and be gay, like, that's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's just so kind. You know, I'm so genuinely touched by it. Like anytime anybody even just like breathes the idea of wanting to to support us financially even a little bit, I'm just like, oh my God, thank you. Thank you. Like absolutely. So um, yeah, and I, I just want to make those people feel appreciated. Well, I have a feeling that some of the things that I've given in the past never got to where it needed to go. So I did in a very roundabout way, kind of like the stock market or something. Uh, sure, I believe you. Sure, it didn't. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you, like looking back through things, I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Well, that's a hundred bucks. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> One thing I wanted to add um, before we do outros here is, um, you mentioned something to me. I think it was in a text. It might have been on Twitter. Mm-hmm. that I put in my back pocket for later. And that is, is you finally watched the documentary that was made about um, primetime, pro. primetime, sorry, blank. Just, it's like not Butch versus Gore idiot. Uh, primetime bro uh, pro like a year and a half ago. And you said it was the first time you, and you finally watched it. Your thoughts uh, looking back. That um, having that documentary made, approaching making the documentary, having it made, being done with it, and what happened with the viewing was like honestly like one of the lowest points for 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 everything. Oh, it's all right. I'm back. You're good. Yeah, I'll have to get off soon. Lower battery, but um, yeah, it, it was it was honestly one of the lowest points because um, there was a lot of resistance to the idea at first, and I really had to a lot of very heavy resistance and a real need for control. Like it was uh, GW George Washington University in DC, their um, grad school for filmmaking. They chose us to be the subject of their short film to ins- and put in a bunch of competitions and stuff, and. Um, I was so flattered and so fucking excited. And the idea was, was immediately met with like, I don't like that at all. Um, I wonder why he, I will, I will just, I mean, speak freely. Um, Nick um, just did not have any interest and um, like really like yelled at a few of the filmmakers and threatened to pull out and was really combative because like he he didn't like if they'd like call a wrestler without asking him first um their promoter not their dad it was really uh inappropriate and sad honestly because the people who were in that program who made this film were like so kind and wonderful and made such a wonderful little film you know um and i just after what after getting the bajillion texts at during like I, I was at a wedding when the viewing happened and getting texts from everybody like did you hear what just happened was 
I, I just separated myself from it forever. I completely cut off. I'd made friends with the filmmakers. I, I cut all of them off. I was just so like mean and miserable about it. Um, and I've, I've made amends with all of them, but I was just, after that shit happened. Um, what yeah, the I fuck, just, Nick? Uh, let's not get too into it, but I just, I want, I really wanted to wash my hands of it. And so I finally like two weeks ago or whatever, watched it and it was like it was so perfect it was such a perfect little snapshot of such a happy exciting moment in time um if you haven't gone back and watched it since you first saw it you really should it hits in a very poignant way for me because one it shows me even before coming out um pre-transition pre-everything and just like seeing that person um was really it was just kind of good like seeing an old friend in a lot of ways I know for a lot of trans people that would probably be very upsetting but um that person is still like a part of me you know so it was really really lovely on that that very deep personal level to watch that and they just did such a wonderful job like they told the story uh, they followed Eel O'Neill and oh. I got to there was footage of me bartending at my home bar and it was oh I was so happy watching it but the funniest thing what I was not anticipating at all was the opening shot being like my face <laughs> I remember yeah it's just it's a voiceover in my face and like I did laugh though because there is the shot where it says like Lola McGrath the promoter and I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. If, in, in terms of promoting, in terms of what like concert promoting is and any kind of event promoting, fuck it. I promote it, you know? So sure. I loved it. I, I loved watching it. It was such a wonderful time capsule. I was so, I was so afraid to watch it and I'm just glad I did. I, don't, I hate my voice cracked. I'm 12 again. I always hate this part because, Lo, I miss you, and I miss hanging out with you. I miss you, too, and I am fully vaccinated, have been for a few weeks now. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, I will so, be Friday. We get the last shot. Summer, summertime, I'm really, really going to try and make a point to get back to D.C. I've heard my friend who, um, well, Jenny, you know, Jenny, everybody, everybody here knows Jenny. Uh, Jenny moved to Texas. Uh, and a month in immediately was there when they all lost power. Um, that is for another podcast for another time. Uh, Jenny's doing fine, but Jenny will also be fully vaccinated around the same time that Kelly and I are. So Kelly will, Jenny will also be coming back up. That's um, great. I have told Jenny about all the good things that's happened because she kind of bailed on social media like I told she, we got her back into wrestling by taking her to SmackDown, and then I got her involved at Nova, and then that fell apart. And then I got her involved. Uh, we we brought everybody along for primetime, and that was gone. And she was like, "I'm good." <laughs> I was like, "I know, right?" And that's only two years. But uh, Jenny always asks what's going on, and I'm like, "Jenny, you got to see the show." <laughs> so I hope yeah, we can. We're all- just trying something really. We, we we are reinventing the wheel, and I think that's actually kind of good. And I do want to reiterate for the people who hear the words gay and LGBTQ and a different kind of show. If you're a wrestling fan, I promise you with all of my heart, some of the best wrestling you'll see because the wrestlers are talented. And it's sometimes really- it's all it fucking takes. 
Also, if anybody's wondering why I can't stop moving, I have a pinched nerve right now. Shit sucks. I'm sorry. Mm, I've never had one in my life. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be thirty in six months. So. Oh, are you oh gonna be thirty? Oh, oh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm actually I'm fucking pumped, man. Are you kidding? I am okay. so so fortunate that I like had my coming of age and cut my teeth in the DC bartending industry because it was full of like the hottest fucking people you've ever seen in your life, and every single one of them were over the age of thirty five. <laughs> to all the way to like fucking like 70 like just like cool hot people who like may or may not have had kids who just like live for themselves and man so I, i'm very 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 lucky that i had so many cool hot older friends in dc because i was always like oh i'm so excited to be more like more like my older friends yeah meanwhile they're meanwhile they stand up and get out of it like this <laughs> that's like always it. what they be talking about and i'd be like <laughs> But you you have such great stories. Oh yeah, great, <laughs> Lolo. I started. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter because I've been. I'm trying not to bitch about it because I'm like nobody cares. Um, I decided I'm gonna get into shape. I'm gonna go walk every day, and I'm gonna get back into drumming shape because I was supposed to be part of this project uh, where I was gonna drum and sing on a few things. Yes, Dan what? sings. And three days in. <laughs> I've done something to my arm. I can't feel this finger. I have no feeling on the top of my hand here. This hurts constantly and I can't grip anything. And like, that's as, that's as much as you get. Don't know what that is, uh, but I turned 38 in August. So that's my explanation. So what I'm doing is, is I'm waiting for that second shot on Friday. And then about two weeks in, I'm going to go to the doctor and go, help me. <laughs> I can't stand it. It's the worst. Well, well, I, I, yeah, I definitely covered everything I wanted to cover. Yeah, look, I was just gonna say, um, the name of the show that's out on IWTV right now, where they can find you. The Cassandra Cup, and watch Paris is bumping too. It's super fun, and yes, films next. Yes, yes, you must, you must catch up now, and just look for Lolo on Twitter. Do you want to give your Twitter out too? Budweiser gay best green name ever. I'm on private because I'm going through some work stuff right now, but oh well. Oh well, you you can find Lolo when you need to. Budweiser gay, one of my favorite screen names ever. Of all the ones you had, you land on Budweiser. Buy it from me. I'm holding on to it forever. (laughs) I'm going to start this off controversially, Craig. So get ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm braced. I don't know who Bad Bunny is, <laughs> and I don't care. Mm-hmm. And I know we could debate that a, that spot could have gone to anybody else, but I've, damn if I wasn't fucking impressed in that whole match. And of course, credit to all the professional wrestlers in that match. But that was 10 really entertaining minutes, in my opinion. Let's talk about Bad Bunny. Okay, I know celebrities are part of WrestleMania. It's been since for the last 36 years. Celebrities in the ring is a whole nother thing. Um, and yet the match was entertaining. I mean, that's what the E stands for. But bringing a five foot nothing, 130 pound entertainer, musician, rapper in the ring and having them go toe to toe with 
your established wrestlers and one of them who was the world heavyweight champion a, a month ago. Wasn't he the wasn't Miz the heavyweight champion a month ago? Mm, yeah, for like a week. Yeah, but still, but he's also he's a two time yeah. world champion. Now he's in the ring with Bad Bunny. Um one would argue that Damian Priest is the only true wrestler in there because you've got Bad Bunny a rapper and you've got uh a real a former reality star in Miz and current reality star and now the guy Morrison who got his start on Tough Enough, a reality show, and he'd never seen a wrestling match in his life when he appeared on the show. He was a gymnast, and he became a wrestler, and, and, a, and a damn good one. I'm not, not knocking Morrison. I'm saying when you give Bad Bunny that much offense, and you make it look, he does dives, and he did the Bunny Destroyer, and got the pin, all that, it just shows, it just lets you know that, hey, Anyone can come in and do this. Doesn't matter how tall, how small, how skinny you are. Anyone can do this, and could do and could excel at that level. Obviously, you know Jay Leno couldn't, but that's a, a mockery of of the sport in a different way. But when I see Bad Bunny with all that offense, it just it still made me it still made me sick. Uh, I know he was he's a Lifelong fan, huge fan, always gave back to the WWE. He took the 24-7 belt on Saturday Night Live with him, which is very cool. So obviously, you know, his love for for the for wrestling and WWE is is well renowned, uh, is well known, but I I see and I now I understand now that Priest was hurt or had been dealing with an injury, which is one of the reasons why we didn't see him uh, a lot in that battle. Breaking that, news to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. He was hurt. Yeah. He, he was, he had an injury, which is why he had been off television um, leading up to, to WrestleMania. Because my, if we're going to have a, a, a match like that, why not have priest, the actual wrestler uh, take all the, the brunt, take the bumps and everything like that. And tag and bunny, uh, for for the hot tag, and 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 the cleanup, so um, for fans of Bad Bunny, whoever you are, obviously there are millions of them. Uh, kudos, and I, I and I'm guessing that helped their uh, their numbers. All the Bad Bunny fans I that guess. tuned in to WrestleMania, I guess. Uh, but it, it it didn't do anything for me. If anything, it made our our professional wrestling look even worse because hey, anyone can do it. Yeah, congrats to him for putting in the work, though. Oh, sure, sure. You you, you hated the situation, but you you know, congrats yeah. to him. I hate I really uh, from Jan Spector. I really hate the twenty four seven title. I really thought it was cool that he won it and brought it out to SNL and the Grammy. That was cool, and that was the point. Yeah. To that was like, well, let's get this out here, and it, everybody was talking about it. And sometimes that's all wrestlers need is somebody going, "Hey, look over here on TV, we're talking." About yeah. Um, the Bianca Belair Sasha Banks match. The main event of night one. I just want to say, even the hair spot. <laughs> what? I'm not going to go here and say that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. But I'll be goddamned if that was one of the, one of the best matches I've seen of the year out of the last calendar year. 
especially 2021. But yeah. that was a hell of a main event. And it that was, was a great story. It was indeed. And they uh, they told it well. You got two of the best in there. Um, and the fans were invested more than anything else. You can see how much the fans were into it, how over both both ladies were. Um, and it's a testament to them that they could carry the main event. I, your main ev- I, for me, I'm a wrestling purist. The main event, if you're having two-night WrestleMania, uh, the main event for both nights should be the, the world title match. And if that's not enough to draw uh, a main event, then you either have to rethink your champion or rethink your challenger. Uh, if you don't think that would draw or you don't, they couldn't provide a good enough main event. Um, but uh, Sasha and Bianca, now I, that I haven't seen Bianca use the hair spot since NXT and I forget <sighs> who, who she used it against and they left a scar. Uh, I, I forget who it was against, but you know, I don't even know how she gets it to make that sound. I thought it was piped in. No, but then I, saw, I saw a fan cam from the uh, from ringside, uh, and you. Got, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh no, she hit her." Yeah. Did you see Sasha's side? No. Oh, okay. She had a mark, dude. Okay, left a mark. Okay. Oh, well, dude, yeah. it was it, it was the shot of her after the match. This was live on pay per view. This was on social media. Live on pay per view. You know yeah. what I mean. This yeah. wasn't. Like social media exclusive, this was on the pay per view as Bianca's in the ring celebrating. Mm-hmm. They cut to her writhing in pain. You see a big red welt from here to the okay. st- <laughs> yeah, just, it was uh, in the the in the women's war games that she was in. She that's the last time she used a spot. So <sighs> kudos to Bianca for only pulling that out on the big stage. Hey, if, if but if she had done that on a t- on a TV. On SmackDown or Raw for free, when the men when the men as much. I mean, everyone will be talking about it on social media the, the next day, but you pull it out on WrestleMania. It's what we talk about here weekly. That was storytelling. How long yeah. that was, and uh, and convert going to the other women's main event, uh, Rhea Ripley and and Oscar. And kudos to the WWE. Two stars of NXT women's division are now your world champions and that's really where it should be bianca and Rhea are the future of the not that sasha and bailey who was criminally misused who definitely needed a match over the weekend sasha and bailey and charlotte and oscar still have plenty left but for now bianca and Rhea are the ones that should be going forward the Rhea oscar match oscar did a spot where they she DDT'd Rhea off the apron to the floor. Uh, amazing, but that should have been, and we, we talked about making the big moves for the big show. That could have been a spot that you used to build up yeah. for Mania. Right. Because the fact that she walked away from that and she still won the match. Okay, well, when is Oscar going to do that again? Since it obviously didn't work. But y- you do that leading up to Mania. You stretch your Ripley out, and Ripley comes in into Mania with that, you know, devastating move still on her head. And is Oscar going to do that again? And then you have your, you have more of a story going into their match because I didn't think that Ripley and Oscar had the same buildup as Bianca and Sasha did. Now, Grand Aria came up late. Um, Bianca had already been. Rhea came up, um, like what? two, three weeks ago, and Bianca's already been 
Yeah, there. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Bianca has already been established. So they had, had play a lot of catch up. Um, but uh, yeah, also interesting Asuka 0 and 4 in WrestleMania's. Yeah, Sasha's 0 and 6. Yeah. Okay, but <laughs> uh, I would get to WrestleMania fun facts uh, later yeah, on. Yeah, we'll get the, to that in, 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 in a very in short while. Uh, uh, did, anything else you do wanted to mention? Two on, things. About WrestleMania? Two yeah, things, then we'll go right into wrestling historian because that's pretty much it. Uh, and I do want to say this generally, overall, uh-huh. I thought it was great WrestleMania. I, I, it was I, a great, it was great two night, and I and I it just because I want both your answers. Yeah, and I'll even say this, and I know it's unpopular. <laughs> Keep it goddamn two nights, because eight hours is too much for me, and both of these nights ended before eleven. Sign me up for that. I'm an old man. Yes, I when you when you posted that, Dan, I liked it immediately. That's a great idea. Yeah, you did. I, I forgot. Hope, yeah, I I hope they do go forward. Uh, have Friday be the um be the Hall of Fame, and Saturday and Sunday be Mania. Uh, don't have any more hosts because I don't know what was worse, uh, <laughs> Titus and Hogan uh, reciting uh, prescripted lines or or Titus pretending he didn't want to try to kill him. Yes. I Did mean, you see the be- fan cam of Hogan talking and him just getting booed out of Florida? I know every time he spoke now, keep in mind, anytime Hogan talks, I don't listen. So yeah. I didn't I didn't hear. But apparently every time Hogan spoke booze, every time Titus spoke cheers. I thought the idea was for them one to host one day and the other to not to have them together, you know, because that's not going to do either one of them any good. Well, Vince you know, surprises and, us in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, was, two more things I wanted to mention, because I know you um, love it so much. Mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton. Past all the theatrical bull crap, which I don't want to beat the dead horse. We both know everybody knows how each of us feel about it. Mm-hmm. Here's what I don't understand. Yes. And this is in the le- the face of Undertaker being retired. Finally. Thank Christ. Or thank Satan. Thank Regis. Thank Regis. Thank Phil Collins. No, he's not dead. Thanks, Bill Hicks. Um, thank, thank Oprah. Thank you, Oprah. That's a good one. Thank you, Oprah. Um, past all that crap that we debated about, how is it that this man still loses on a constant basis when he's a fucking ghost he's a supernatural entity he is now the undertaker and he still can't beat randy orton but someone please explain to me how you take something that you're presenting as a monster and he constantly loses i don't want to hear storyline i don't want to hear any more excuses why does that still happen it's lazy booking because why would you have this monster, this invincible monster, who no cells getting uh, DDT'd on a, an after table and backdropped on, or ran into the steps, but he can't kick out of, a, of an RKO? That's, that's too devastating. I mean, getting DDT'd on a table or getting backdropped off for the, the giant jack-in-the-box and Everything else, but RKO. No, I can't kick out of that. No. I, don't, I don't understand what they're trying to tell. So I try to, you know, I uh, when I watch wrestling now, 
and 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 I have been more. The network is actually Peacock. I'm like I'm watching it more because I can put it off to the side when I'm doing work here on the Xbox. I put because you can't watch it on the smart TV because it's not available anywhere. Because fucking NBC. Why would that be available everywhere? Um, I uh, been watching more, and, and the one thing I, I don't get what story they're trying to tell you with Bray Wyatt because everything else makes sense. Again, debating. Whether it belongs, not in question on this episode. We've talked about it before. Just do a tag search on Bray Wyatt HIC Talk Radio. Um, I, I don't understand what they're trying to tell me. He's supposed to be all powerful, all being, and then he loses all the time. So I, I don't know. I, I confused. I've, I've washed my hands on Bray, Randy, and Alexa Bliss. They make me not care about it. Not yeah. Bray, not yeah. Alexa, mm-hmm. because mm. yeah. They the the way they end the story as okay. Let's move on to happier things. The last <laughs> last point about WrestleMania. Yeah, because I want uh, to do something different. I don't want to spend three hours talking about the entire card. We did that for years. This is different now. New look, new day, new, new day rocks. Uh, we're moving on. Yeah. Um, the other main event, mm-hmm. which was Dan Bryan, Edge, Roman Reigns, and again I will say this. It went on for a while. Didn't seem like a while. Was really good match. I'm very happy Edge got a WrestleMania moment again in front of people where they didn't do two takes and he ripped his abdomen off his chest or whatever happened. It was a joke. Abdomen off his chest. Two different spaces. It was a joke, folks. Uh, I'm just very happy that went on. And my favorite spot was both of them putting Roman Reigns. (laughs) In the crossface, yeah, and and Roman's still your daddy, daddy. And I thought it was great. I thought it went off great. And I love cut to a year later, Craig. After speaking about Roman Reigns should be on top, the big dog in the yard. He is the big dog in the yard. He's still the big dog in the yard, and he's a convincing big dog in the yard. And even though he cuts his own promos, still putting him with Paulie was all the change that you needed for him. Obviously. Uh, my only problem was, um, and not a problem with the match or the booking, it, that was Edge's spot. Why would you bring Edge back almost exactly 10 years from the time he retired to have him in a triple threat? Nothing against Daniel Bryan, but there could have been another think, slap. For I was going to say, do you think it was more just in case something happens? Uh no, I mean, and if you were worried about that, you just keep Edge off. Yeah, TV. don't put him in the really don't put him, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't have him in, and and don't you know have him Fair on. I, I thought that was Edge's spot. I and I I said the same thing almost uh, what seven years ago at WrestleMania 30 when um, Batista wins the Royal Rumble, and much to and I guess Vince thought that it would be a huge you know coming from Guardians of the Galaxy, the fans were going to love it. They didn't because. Daniel Bryan was on a major run at that time. Then he shoved Batista down everyone's throat. So they made it a triple threat. And, and you know, Bryan goes over because he was the one that people wanted to see win more than Batista or Triple H. But this, this was Edge coming back the, during the Royal Rumble and, you know, earning a spot. That could have... Um, and unless you were going to give Edge the belt, which, you know, you could have for a month and before you brought it back to Reigns. But, and that was the other thing I thought, well, if you're making a triple threat, that must mean Edge is going over. He'll pin Daniel Bryan. Reigns still remains strong because he didn't get pinned and then 
have uh, Roman regain it at Backlash or whenever the next one was. Whatever the hell the next one's called. Yeah. And then Edge can ride off in the sunset because he got his moment back. He, I mean, the whole storyline was built in. I had to retire as champion. I never lost. So now, 10 years later, I'm back and looking better than ever. I won a Royal Rumble. I won my shot. I can get the title back that I never, that no one ever beat me for. And this is it. But then they put Daniel Bryan in there and the, and the fact that Reigns beat them both the way that Andre the Giant beat two job guys on Saturday afternoon TV back in the 70s. That was the only thing. So now they, you make both of them look like complete shit. Does a bad finish ruin the entire rest of the match for you? Um, it doesn't help. Uh, I yeah. Obviously, I mean, Reigns is the guy. We know that going in, but... Yeah. Sure. Yeah, there's no reason to make them both look weak. Sure, understood. Like that. Uh, the last big point I want to make uh, is that both uh, both nights they debuted a seven foot plus giant on uh, on both shows. Uh, we had AJ and almost, and we had oh, uh, Apollo Cruz and uh, was it Taco Splitter Jacko Wacko? What was the guy's name? I don't remember. <laughs> Taco Splitter. That's a whole other connotation that we don't know, sir. Okay. But uh, two, two seven-foot monsters. Uh, and AJ being uh, – did you? but did you notice that uh, AJ almost got all the, the cheers because they got the hot tag? Yeah, I don't – They booked that horribly wrong, Dan. I don't, I don't understand why that happened. You could, you're beating the crap out of AJ Styles for 20 minutes, and then you bring in, you know, all that – Beating down, it's like then you pull in, the, you bring the hot tag for the giant, and of course they see New Day backing up like heels would do. And you want to get that if you want that guy to be your next Andre or your Big Show or even your next Braun Strowman, have AJ on the outside, have almost go through both of them, have him pin the New Day with the two guys, uh on top of each other. Nothing against uh, Woods and, and Kofi, but they're your mid-card job guys. They're your mid-card guys. If a giant like almost can put both of them on top of each other, why wouldn't you pin them like that instead of two main event guys like Edge and, and Daniel Bryan? That's my only... that, And that's my last gripe about WrestleMania. Uh, I agree it should be two nights. Uh, I watched it. On my phone while I watched um, other programming, uh, a couple of things grabbed. I was me. streaming both nights. I had it on here the entire time. <laughs> streaming both you, nights. Man. Cool, but and I know you weren't the only one. Uh, speaking of streaming, last thing before we were wrestling a story, did you happen to see on the cock uh, the uh, Stone Cold uh, session? I have not watched it. Jericho. No, no, no. Very I, good. I did see the. And you know what? Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. I did see the moment where they talked about Eddie. And they showed that match between them and the uh, Faces of Fear, I guess they were to call it at the time, Barbarian yeah. and Ming. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just want to, the whole big deal that it was that they were bringing in um, Jericho. Jericho on the show is like, you know, sometimes it's just business, folks. Yeah. Sometimes wrestling's not fucking personal. Mm-hmm. Jericho didn't leave the WWE to stick it to Vince like that. Jericho never went on this Bischoff WWF must die 
tirade. Mm-hmm. They want to beat them in the rating. Sure. It's business. Yeah. But Jericho's still Austin's friend and vice versa. And it was two friends. I did like how Jericho was like, or Austin uh, asked Vince to do it. Yeah. He's texted him. Hey, we think it'd be cool if Jericho came on the show, it would blow a lot of people's minds and be a great interview. Of course it would. But it's like, yeah, do it. And then the day before, he's like, uh, just want to make sure you're cool with this, right? We're cool. He's like, yeah, do it. It'll be great. And it was, and, it was, and I'm assuming it's a great interview. The two yeah. minutes I saw of it, of course, was great. But all the other BS, MAGA stuff aside, mm-hmm. Jericho's one of the best wrestlers that has ever come down the pike. I'll say it. Yeah. Uh, and listening to him about wrestling and not about anything else. Yeah. Still one of my favorite things to hear. Everything else, don't want to know. <laughs> no, he, he is a great storyteller. If you read any of his books, uh, he writes just like he talks. Very engaging. He'll bring you in. He, he'll drop a whole bunch of pop culture references in one, you know, in just in one sentence. Hell yeah. He, he told he and obviously you can see how, how close he and Steve were. They kind of started their careers like kind of the same at the same time, like two years apart. They went the same uh air, same route you know wcw ecw wwe uh and but and, and it, it's a great interview and it's hilarious and he you really get to see how it works out uh behind the scenes he was very candid about how he's dealing how we dealt with vince and his first day there and his last day there and so we always got along but at the same time i was like oh, what am i doing here uh what are you using me for listen and i, I think, think we both agree uh either side of the table most of us can't figure out what the fuck vince's deal is <laughs> no no and that's what he talked about dan he said the last minute mind changes that's the thing that that threw me off i mean he had this red hot angle with him and, and kevin owens you know the best friends before they were best friends aew and the list of jericho and when this is when kevin owens was champion and Jericho thought that would be his idea since he knew he was leaving to to win the belt. I didn't even know this till he pointed out in the Stone Cold interview. He's never been champion as a face. Oh, wow. I never thought of that. Yes. And that would have been a good, great way to, to go out. But now here comes Goldberg and it's Goldberg Lesnar and then Lesnar be, and then Goldberg beats Owens. And then next thing you know, instead of being the main event, Jericho versus Owens, Jericho and Owens is the second bout on the card. On that WrestleMania, so the biggest angle, the biggest feud you had going in, has just gone just like that. So, but and you could see his frustration, but at the same time, the appreciation, you know, uh, because he wasn't. He talked about the heat he had coming in from WCW, and even his first promo talking about how the guys in the back are, you know, boring, and and he and he still gave credit to The Rock. He said he let me talk for like five minutes. That's, yeah, he did. He let him rumble, rumble, yeah. rumble, rabble, rabble. Then he goes, who in the blue hell? And he <laughs> just dropped it. He did, too. I remember what. Yeah. Yeah. Because Rock, Rock knows. Oh, yeah. And he got he get it. He got it. He got it. And so did uh, so did Austin. By the but, way, uh, just to yeah. bring up Chris, the first mm-hmm. thing I watched on the, the new version of the network, mm-hmm. you know, Slambury 98. Yeah. Jericho Malenko's Battery. reveal. Cruiserweight Battle Royal. And I also they, discovered this against even what we said. You can leave a program and pick it right back up. Yeah. Thank God. Because I accidentally hit back. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, 
and it said resume. I was like, yes, resume. Yeah, I did. I that's how I found out by watching the Jericho interview because I started watching it after WrestleMania, but it got late, and then I I went to bed. And I came back and it was right in the, the exact same spot. Yes. I was in. I was in. Yes, they fixed the glitch. Yeah, yeah. I um, I will also say this, and then then we'll go to wrestling historian. I do like how they have stuff broken up. Like Great American Bash is one thing, and then mm-hmm. under it, seven seasons or however many shows there were for WCW. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like, you know what? I think we're gonna be okay. As soon as all that <laughs> stuff comes back, I think we're gonna be okay. Hey, gentlemen and ladies, welcome back to uh, a time in our history where we talk about time in our history. Uh, my name is Craig Lagans. Uh, joined by Dan Calachico. But now we're going to go back to uh, a simpler time when professional wrestling was professional wrestling and not emphasized on entertainment back when rappers only attended professional wrestling matches in the stands and in the audience and not in the ring. And we're going to be talking about territories, 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 the same words that Dan used when talking with our friend Lolo about territories, territories, territories. Back then, territories ruled the professional wrestling landscape. And back when it was called professional wrestling, that's sports entertainment. This, gentlemen and ladies, is the Wrestling Historian. Uh, we're going to start out April 10th, 2000. 21 years ago this week, one of the most interesting dates um, in wrestling history. Uh, it focused on a WCW uh, episode of WCW Monday Nitro. Uh, and not so much the show itself, but all the behind-the-scenes stuff that happened on this particular Monday Nitro. Because see, on April 10th, 2000, uh, on WCW Monday Nitro in Denver, uh, live, uh, Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo returned to WCW, presumably to bring it back to promote the old boys network to make it uh, return to glory. And Kevin Nash was in the ring uh, talking about what I couldn't tell you because usually when Kevin Nash talks, I stop listening. But uh, Kevin Nash was attacked from behind by Mike Awesome. Uh, he broke a crutch over the back of Kevin Nash and left him laying. And the announcer at the time said, that's Mike Awesome. He's the ECW heavyweight champion. And hardcore ECW fans like me were shocked that here was Mike Awesome, the ECW heavyweight champion, wearing a fanny pack, mind you, <laughs> who just laid out <laughs> Kevin Nash <sighs> on TV. Uh and the, what makes that so incredible was all the behind-the-scenes stuff that happened leading up to that fact. Uh, Mike Awesome had said that he didn't have an ECW contract. And leading up to that, uh, Mike Awesome had no-showed some ECW events. On a, And on April 8th, two days before uh, this particular Monday Nitro, um, Paul Lee uh, – had in fact had a three-year contract signed by Mike Awesome. So leading up to that Monday Nitro, Paul E. Paul Heyman was faxing copies after copies to every single office in the WCW headquarters. Got as many number fax numbers as he could, faxing Mike Awesome's contract 
to WCW, letting them know that Mike Austin was indeed under contract to ECW. And he sent to every WCW member, staff member that he could remember, including Ted Turner. He still had Ted Turner's number and uh, was faxing them uh, Mike Awesome's ECW contract. Well, WCW made an agreement with ECW. This is uh, hours before Nitro that ECW would get cash for Mike Awesome and three conditions that Awesome was not to speak, wasn't going to say anything, that the ECW belt would not be seen, but his upcoming title defense, April 13th, would be plugged. Uh, and None of that <laughs> happened. Uh, well, well, the ECW title belt wasn't seen. So Okay, two for <laughs> two three out of three two. Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. Thank, you, thank you, Meatloaf. Um <laughs> But a uh, Mike Austin came on the show, spoke at length after knocking out um, Kevin Nash. Uh, I forgot the announcer. Uh, Mike Tenay mentioned it was, that it was Mike Tenay, Scott Hudson, and Tony Schiavone. Yes, I yeah. remember the goddamn announcers for that. I night knew you trip. would. But uh, they said that ECW champion Mike Awesome didn't plug his upcoming title defense, but mentioned that he was easy. You know what? I'm sure in there, because it was such a clusterfuck at WCW yeah. at that point, at any point. Mm-hmm. But especially there, that there was like, make sure you mention the title match. And they were like, got it, mention the title. <laughs> and awesome's not to talk. Got it. Give him the mic. <laughs> Give him the mic. <laughs> Here you go, Mike Awesome. Because the one guy we want talking from ECW is Mike Goddamn Awesome. Yes. And, and, and preface this we've talked about it before. And every time we mention this moment, talk about it again. Mike Awesome, if you've not seen one of his matches, and I'm talking about before he was in WCW, because mm-hmm. I can't think of one WCW match he had where I'd be like, watch this. This is great. Mm-hmm. Um, what was he, 6'5", and jumping like yeah. he was 5'5"? Five, yeah. five. The guy was incredible. One of the best out there. One of the best big man to ever walk up. Lost him way too soon. Yes. But one of the best. Yeah. And then he got yeah. to WCW. It was all over. Mike Awesome, super heavyweight size, cruiserweight style. Don't he, want him talking, though. No. Keep him <laughs> off the mic. The guy needed a manager. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so yeah, all that's that, all he needed. <laughs> but all that all took place April 10th, 2000, during a live edition of WCW Monday Nitro. That was the big reboot. Yeah, it was a big reboot. All the titles was, were held up uh, yeah. the week before Nitro and Thunder were, oh, I remember. Yeah. Uh, were, was, and, go ahead. That was the that was the return of Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo. To uh, it was which which at the time mm-hmm. was a big mind f because it was the both of them. Yes, it was like what, and I do remember my favorite moment of that show. <laughs> remember moment of that show. This is why Bischoff is both not my hero and my hero sometimes, depending on the situation. Is when they're in the ring and he's hold up all the titles. And they bring all the titles up except for the one around Sid Vicious's waist. And he goes, there's one left. And and, and uh, uh, Jeff Spector, hold on, I'll read that in a second. Um, you know, Sid tells him, you want the belt? Come get it. And Fisher goes, okay. And he walks up to, to his face on TV in front of God and everybody. And he won't hit him. And Bischoff goes, what's the matter? Sid can't find your scissors. And it, but but. But he gets it. He goes, excuse you see Sid lit the words, excuse me. He goes, what's the matter, Sid? Can't find your scissors? I was like, oh, 
Oh, and he handed her the belt and he handed her the belt. It was over. And I was like, damn, I just want to add GM Spectre says his FMW and ECW career uh, stuff was great. Yes, it was. He was great until he got to WCW and it wasn't his fault. Nope. He got a whole bunch of money that uh, he would not have gotten in ECW. So can't fault that. But the way he left and how he left. Whole other thing, and he became he was all, and that was I, I I use April tenth two thousand because not only was that the return of Bischoff and and um, and Russo and the debut of Mike Awesome, but that's really where the 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 downhill slide of WCW just got like another set of wheels. Yeah. So they can they can hasten their their uh, their descent. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we gotta roll down this hill to death faster. Yes, here. Um, some help. I, listen, I look back. I look back on those, and it was entertaining for a while. But mm-hmm. as, as far as Mike Awesome, the fat chick thriller, that seventies Mike Awesome. Here, this will work. We'll put you in a leader. Can't leader imagine. Tonight. Can't imagine why people hold grudges against Vince Russo. <sighs> yeah, that was April tenth. Uh, April eleventh. Would have been the uh, happy uh, birthday, happy belated birthday to Dustin Rhodes. Oh hell yeah! And uh, he would have been uh, seventy-eight today. But uh, happy birthday to one of the all-time greats and to the man I consider synonymous with the NWA Championship. Happy belated birthday, the late great Harley Race. Both of those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dustin. How old is Dustin? Uh, Dustin to be 52. Dustin, I don't think has ever lost a step. No. I mean, he carries his father's lineage. I, I mean, you can't compare the two as far as charisma, maybe even in ring ability, but maybe you can in ring ability. I mean, oh, I, oh, I know that- caliber Dusty yeah. was in another fucking world, mm-hmm. but Dustin is amazing. He got everything his father had and yeah. he is not slowed down with age. Um, Dustin's the man, got the to, man's got yeah. made his own career. I'm sorry, Craig. Yeah, he has. Uh, Dustin, what, what he didn't get, Dusty had so much, but what Dustin got, Dusty could never have. He, Dustin had the size and he's got the cardiovascular, uh, tr- the, the conditioning that's off the charts. I mean, Dusty, for being Dusty, he was not a long term, he was not going to be a long term NWA champion. He wasn't going to wrestle an hour every day in seven days a week for Hell two no. years like flair or you know or, or, or race or <laughs> could you know uh but uh dustin has that it, could you imagine if dusty Rhodes had dustin size and dustin oh stamina would have gone two hours because he had that <laughs> energy man yeah, yeah and the matches what he would have had with flair that were already classics would have been that could have been up there with him and with uh flair and steamboat but um yeah, so uh, D- uh, Dustin Rhodes, uh, 52. <laughs> Dustin what? Rhodes has my one of my favorite WCW what the Fs. This when he, and we all know it's it's infamous now, but yeah. nobody was watching it at that point. I say nobody. It was still like a two rating on net, at TNT, but mm-hmm. he has one of my favorite. It's my favorite. Wow, that's really good. Co- what the fuck is going on moments of ever watching Nitro is when he came out as seven. For yes. weeks, they were pushing this video. It was creepy as hell in many ways that would never fly today. Those videos would never made air. Him grooming the child. It just would have never happened. Mm-hmm. And he comes floating out to the ring. 
And the best part of that is they made sure they got a shot from below right above so they could see the rig. Yeah. But other than that, every other shot it looked like that mother effer was floating to the ring. Gets in the ring, floats above it, and goes, kill the music now. And then totally cuts a yeah. shoot promo, a, a work shoot on Russo with the powers that be. At, at the scene, I was like, wow, oh, wow, look at this. He's like the Undertaker. Nope. What? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Record scratch. Never mind. Can't. And I love his line. You have me out here looking like Uncle Fester. Yeah. So you can dress me up like Uncle Fester <laughs> to play trick or treat all year long. Uh-uh. Uh, and Harley Race. Harley Race. Yes. Man, I, I know it's, what has it been, only a year since, two years since we lost oh. the guy? And mm-hmm. he, synonymous. He is yeah. the NWA world. I know people are like, Flair's the, uh, when yeah. I think, when I think, dump, Yes, I think of Flair and Legendary, but when I see the letters NWA, I see Harley Race with the jacket and throwing the headbutts around. That's what I see. Yeah. I see when I think when I see that belt, I immediately think of Harley Race. And I and I'm even, not as old as you. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't even consider, and I didn't really consider Flair a legit NWA champion until he beat Harley Race uh, at the first arcade, and that was you know Race kind of passing the torch. But yeah, uh, Harley Race, um, eight-time NWA heavyweight champion. Back when being an eight-time champion meant something. Uh, now there's multiple reigns from people. Back in the have... day where, as far as you were concerned and I was concerned, well, I wasn't, you know what I mean. I know. As far as people were concerned, it was legit. Yeah. It was still covered as legit. Mm-hmm. It was in the newspapers. It was in the news reports. It was on news that day. Yeah. On the nightly news, it was covered. It was like baseball boxing, and at one point, it was even more popular than all of them. At one point in 1976, uh, professional wrestling was the third uh, highest uh, attended sport, uh, spectator sport in the United States behind baseball and college football. Not even the NFL. <laughs> yeah, or the NBA. Or the NBA, or, well, certainly not the NHL at that point. Hell no. no. Anyway, uh, continue. Sorry. Oh, I did want to say GM Spectre did bring the seven back up, which another good part of that intro is he's in the middle of cut the promo. Dustin is at seven. He goes, oh, my new name is seven, by the way. (laughs) Amazing. It was amazing. Uh, It's a happy belated birthday to both Harley Race and Dustin Rhodes. Another important uh, thing that happened, uh, Dan, on April 11th, 2001, 10 years ago, last week, uh, Edge retired. 2011, not 2001. 2011. That would have been 21. 20 years. April 11th, 2011. You think that was on purpose that they were like WrestleMania? You just think it lined up because it was going to happen anyway? Like, well, it's one year later. Well, that's what why I was so uh, against Daniel Bryan being uh, part of WrestleMania because it would have been 10 years to the day that Edge retired. And now he's getting his World Heavyweight Championship match a, a belt that he never lost so that was my thing that was and they kept bringing it up in the uh in the the pregame uh 10 it was 10 years ago this week that edge retired and Edge is like oh yeah so why is that dribble the red match wait why is daniel bryan in here again if it was 10 years to the day that edge has the greatest comeback in wwe history comes back 10 years almost to the day wins the royal rumble and you know, 47 looks amazing. Best shape of his life. Anyway, but yes, when Edge retired uh, April 11th, 2011, the day after he 
uh, won the WWE Championship from Alberto Del Rio. Remember him? Um, no. He had, he had to. He in a very emotional speech, uh, retired, had to give it up, and uh, talked about his dream of being a professional wrestler and um, very heartfelt speech. And it's amazing, uh, the heartfelt retirement speeches from both Edge and Daniel Bryan that took place uh, about five years apart, and now they were, and they were both in the main event of WrestleMania. So any the next heartfelt retirement speech I hear I'm not giving a tinker's damn worth of attention for because, like, oh, okay, you'll be back. Listen, people say uh, J. Rod said Alberto fell off at that point. Oh, tip of the oh, iceberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He slightly fell <laughs> off. Remember <laughs> what I said about the wheels coming off of yeah, WCW? Yeah. Those wheels <laughs> flew off the fastest <laughs> I've ever seen wheels fall off before in my life, and he hit his girlfriend on the way in. No yeah. pun intended. Um, yeah. Yeah, never mind. I was going to bring up something personal that I just read, but never mind. Continue. Uh, uh, that was April 11th. Uh, April 12th, uh, right here. Philadelphia. I remember where I was. The reason why this is part of a uh, wrestling story is April 12th, 1980. I was at the beautiful air-conditioned Philadelphia Spectrum. <laughs> when you say beautiful, I know what you mean, but it's, every time you say the beautiful Spectrum, I'm like, eh, sure. Dan, I'm only reading what it was, how it was announced. <laughs> the, the beautiful air conditioned Philadelphia, Philadelphia Spectrum. Spectrum. <laughs> Every single month. Uh, that's, how, just, that's how it so it's ingrained. I'm not even trying to be. It's like when you walk outside of Madison Square Garden, like it's the world famous Madison, Madison, Madison Square Garden. Garden. It's all moist. It smells like yeah. piss because it's in New York. <laughs> It's right above a subway. It's yeah. right above a subway, so it smells like death. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to but, bring that well, up. well, I was there um, April 12, 1980, to watch Ivan Putski and Tito Santana lose their WWF Tag Team Championships to Afa and Sika, the Wild Samoans. Wait, you're that old? I didn't know yes. that. Yeah, Afa and Sika, who uh, you fans of Young Rock, uh, you'll see them as Uncle Afa and Uncle Sika um, in the historically inaccurate um, top-rated show Young Rock on NBC. Uh, anyone who's watching Young Rock, please understand uh, that at no point in their history or in the history of recorded time and space were the Samoans, Rocky Johnson, Andre the Giant, Junkyard Dog and the Iron Sheik ever in the same place at the same time in Hawaii in 1982. Did not happen. Uh, April 12, 1980, the Samoans were right here in Philly winning the second of their three WWF Tag Team Championship and I got to see that um, live. Shocked. Couldn't believe it. But there it was. Uh, April 13th, uh, two big things that happened on uh, that this particular date. Uh, 1994, Dan, um, while working for WCW, Jesse Ventura was awarded the tidy sum of $809,958 in videotape royalties and another $8,625 in merchandising royalties for the use of his likeness 
in 90 Coliseum videos put out by the WWF. Ventura had never signed a contract indemnifying the WWF from paying him for his comp- for his commentary work. And as a result, all of his commentary from those Coliseum videos that included the first <laughs> three WrestleManias to say yeah, slightly significant events were edited out. <laughs> but uh that's but Jesse, amazing. Yeah, but Jesse was awarded eight hundred and nine thousand nine hundred and fifty eight dollars and uh, another eight thousand six hundred twenty five dollars in merchandising from the sale of the WWF Coliseum home videos to which Jesse Ventura was a major part of. Didn't you say that first show he got back in WCW, he was just yeah, he was just happy as a clam. And, and, oh, back to me wrestling. Yeah. And me, Gene, you know, oh, you said, uh, Jeff, I know you're smiling because he just became a rich man. He goes, yeah, just got a lot of money. <laughs> and that was it. And I had no idea what his 94 is. That is pre-internet. So I had no idea what he was talking about. Yeah, we do uh, now. But but it was in the but it was in the in the news in the inquirer in the transaction section when in the there was a, a spot it was a column in the daily news called transactions when a an athlete was fined or if he got a contract extension or it was some type of uh they would have the dollar amount or something like that and it said Jesse Ventura WTW was awarded eight hundred the whole number. $809,958 in videotape royalties. I'm like, damn, that's what he was talking about. Oh, so he is rich. Okay. Uh, also on that date, April 13th, was the uh, the date that wasn't promoted on the WCW Monday Nitro three days earlier. But April 13th, 2000, in Indianapolis, Indiana, of all places, a WWF wrestler... Taz defeated a WCW wrestler, Mike Awesome, for the ECW Heavyweight Championship. Something that never has and never will be done again, seen again. Uh, You never know. (laughs) If I ever see an AEW title change hands from a WWE wrestler at a TNA show, then... I'll say okay. I'm just saying it's at the re- it's in the realm of possibilities this moment in time. Now in this moment in time. In yes. this moment of time. Next week yes. could change. It's wrestling. Who knows? But the fact in in 2000 where where all three companies had a person in in common because you had Taz who was still in WWE, Mike Awesome who had just been let out of his ECW contract even though according to Paulie he still had one. But this is one of the conditions of Mike Awesome getting out of his three-year contract that he signed, that he dropped the ECW belt to Taz, who was on loan from the WWE. And the fans had no idea that that was happening. Mike Awesome had already been promoted for that show. So they knew Mike Awesome was going to be there. But when Taz's music hit, Taz's WWF music hit, the fans went nuts. Taz came out, beat Mike Awesome. And Mike Austin left the ring and went back to the parking lot where he changed for the bout. He didn't even come in the arena. Mike Austin pulled up to the arena in Indianapolis, changed in his car, and walked from his car to the arena to drop the ECW belt to Taz. So, yes, a WCW wrestler 
wrestled the WWF wrestler for the ECW Heavyweight Championship uh, April 13th, uh, 2000. So, like 20, 21 years ago, that happened. 2021, like you said, Dan, could be in the realm of possibility. We just saw an AEW wrestler on a WWE podcast. I'm just saying we're two-thirds the way there. Yeah. Yeah. This would need, we need one more shoe to drop, and, you know, we, we will have come full circle in 21 years. And that, gentlemen and ladies, has been the wrestling historian. Uh, you can follow me uh, for any and all other stories about wrestling and other related matters and wrestling-related uh, products. Uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Craig Lagons, C R A I G L I G E O N S. Follow me on all social media platforms and YouTube. And if you're on YouTube, on Twitch, and vice versa, back to YouTube at DanLaw83 above me, right on the screen. I've said that. That's only for our live crew. If you're not watching live, I'm just going to tell you DanLaw83 at all platforms, VOCNation.com. Or if you're on any podcasting app or on Spotify, if you type in VOC Nation, VOC Nation, I said it as one word there, Radio Network, you'll find all of the podcasts there. Stadium Journey, Stadium Journey Overtime, Bay the Putt, HIC Talk Radio, our interview with Lolo, everything there. VOC Nation, Radio Network. For Craig Lagans, I'm Dan. Good night, all. Bill Apter has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill Apter's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the <clears throat> World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Bruno was a hell of a champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Apter, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did you didn't have anything to do with this? Well, yes, but the whole thing is this. If the 
rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history.